Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 293. We're looking at Acts chapter 19, verses 29 through 34. Let's read our passage. So the city was filled with confusion, and they all rushed together into the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's traveling companions. Although Paul wanted to go before the people, the disciples did not let him. Even some of the provincial officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent word to him, pleading with him not to venture into the amphitheater. Some were shouting one thing and some another, because the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some Jews in the crowd gave instructions to Alexander after they pushed him to the front. Motioning with his hand, Alexander wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Well, this is the mob that is taking place now that Demetrius the silversmith has got everybody worked up. Paul's been wrapping up his time in Ephesus, looking to move on to Macedonia down to Achaia, then home to Jerusalem to deliver a gift, then to make his way to Spain, stopping in Rome. But as he's wrapping things up here in Ephesus, there starts to be some trouble. Demetrius, a silversmith who makes silver shrines related to Artemis, believes that Paul is cutting into his business. Well, and Paul is cutting into his business. The Temple of Artemis is in Ephesus. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's an incredible uh, temple built for the goddess Artemis. Artemis was one of the Greek gods, but probably predated Greek mythology, and so had been a local deity in the area forever. Obviously was their favorite deity, and uh, Artemis' business is big business. Uh, Tourists come to town to see the Artemis Temple, so you sell them Artemis trinkets. You have to wear Artemis jewelry all around. And you have to have a a shrine in your own home for Artemis. And you have to make things to be sacrificed to Artemis. These are challenges to the businessmen, the craftsmen, who make all these Artemis things. But it's also an affront to the city. They're saying that Artemis is not truly a god. Now, obviously, it's a business problem that Demetrius is raising because he runs to all his fellow craftsmen and gets them worked up. But they get the whole city worked up more than just, hey, the craftsmen are losing money. But these strangers are denigrating our god, Artemis. So verse 29, so the city was filled with confusion And they all rushed together into the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's traveling companions. Well, the amphitheater is the largest place in the town. It's an open-air amphitheater. It's built on the side of Mount Pion. It's uh, like over 400 feet wide. It can seat about 24,000 people. So it's a large area. And so they all rush together into this amphitheater. They drag along Gaius and Aristarchus. Now, we see Aristarchus in chapter 20 of Acts, verse 4, 
Luke writes, He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonicus, Gaius from Derby, Timothy and Titius. So we see Aristarchus mentioned there as being from Thessalonica, which is in Macedonia. Now, there was a Gaius mentioned there, but it can't be the same Gaius because uh, this specifically says Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians. And in chapter 20, Gaius is listed as from Derby. So, but Gaius is a common name. So two of Paul's companions are grabbed by this mob and dragged into the amphitheater. Now, verse 30. Although Paul wanted to go in before the people, the disciples did not let him. Paul wants to go in to make a defense. Paul wants to go in to share the gospel. Paul wants to wade right in and say what he has to say. But cooler minds are there and they're saying, no, Paul, do not go in there. You're liable to get ripped limb from limb. This is an angry crowd here. And they're probably not even going to listen to you. So Paul wants to go and speak, but his friends will not let him go. Verse 31, even some of the provincial officials of Asia who were his friends sent word to him, pleading with him not to venture into the amphitheater. So these provincial officials of Asia, these are government types. They are part of the provincial government and they get word what's going on and they send word to Paul, don't go into the amphitheater because they recognize the danger there. It says they're friends of his. It doesn't say if they're believers or not, but obviously they are friendly with him. And that maybe speaks to something of the official imperial view of Christianity. At this point, it's not hostile. So verse 32, some were shouting one thing and some another because the assembly was in confusion and most of them did not know why they had come together. So this is truly a mob scene. The uh, silversmiths had gotten everybody whipped up into a frenzy and everybody's yelling and everybody's rushing to the amphitheater. But it turns out the vast majority of people don't even know why they are there. But there, there is a mob. And the mob is uh, being fanned up into a frenzy. Now, verse 33, some Jews in the crowd gave instructions to Alexander after they pushed him to the front. Now, we're not told why here. Perhaps this is a group of the Jews saying, we need to dissociate ourselves from these Christian types. They have colored outside the boundaries. They've left the Jewish synagogue. They've been meeting in the lecture hall of Tyrannius now for some time. They're not part of us. We have nothing to do with them. And that's probably their strategy here is to basically set up some space between them and Paul and his companions to say, yes, we're Jews. And yes, you don't particularly like Jews, but we've got nothing to do with them. Motioning with his hand, Alexander wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is the Artemis of the Ephesians. So they weren't going to let him make a defense. Uh, we don't care what you have to say. And it says when they noticed he was a Jew, obviously they took that to be a threat to 
Artemis. And so for two hours they yell, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So what do you do in a situation like this? Well, there's not a lot, a lot you can do. You can't reason with them because they're beyond reason. It's a mob. All you can do is hope to get through it. And so they've grabbed Gaius and Aristarchus. Paul wants to go in, but his friends are holding him back, saying, no, you can't go in there. And that's probably a wise decision on their part because this is a, a wild mob that has no, for many of them, they don't know why they're there other than to participate in a mob scene. And so it's a very dangerous scene. And you're not going to be able to argue with them. We saw uh, the, the Jewish man, Alexander, try to make a defense. They won't even let him talk. They yell instead for two solid hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Luckily, we'll see the city clerk step in and, and calm things down next time. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Book of Acts.